Hello. <laughs> Hello, darling. How are you? Okay, how many of you came to college with your grandmother? No? No? Well, there's somewhere in the room, someone in the room here that did come with her grandmother. And um, I don't mean to embarrass her, but if she would like to go under the bleachers right now, that would be okay. Uh, so, but honey, this is part of your identity, me and you, okay? Um, yeah, when I told her I was coming to college with her, you know, she went, okay. And then when I found out I was living in the dorm with her, she said, okay. And then when I told her that she was going to live two doors down from me, she said, oh. And then when I told her, I'm in your English class this semester, she didn't say anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> love you, darling. Love you, darling. Okay. Identity is a never-ending story. You don't just, something happens to you and you become you. It's never-ending. Um, who am I? I am every age I've ever been. I'm still the seven-year-old who was bullied and teased. And I still carry that. And I can touch into that anytime I want. I'm still that 16-year-old who had her first date and her first kiss. And I like touching into that feeling of relationship and, oh, you know, that feeling that you get with that. I'm still the 20-year-old bride who walked down the aisle toward her love. From here on in, he'll be called the hubs, okay? We're going to talk about the hubs. I'm still the 22-year-old who became a mama for the first time. I'm still the 39-year-old or the 25-year-old, who, with the hubs, planted a church in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, 30-some years ago. And that church is still being Jesus to that community. I'm very proud of that. I am the 39-year-old who woke up one morning in excruciating pain and paralyzed on my left side. That's another story. I am the 45-year-old who got a call one day from Howard slash Simon and Schuster who said they wanted to publish my book. That was pretty cool. And I'm still that 59-year-old who sat with the hubs at Mayo Clinic and for the first time heard the term atypical melanoma. Who am I? I am bits and pieces of every choice I've ever made. And I am part of every person I've ever met. And so are you. All of those things have helped build the mosaic of my life. And same with you. Whatever your experiences have been up until now, 
It is building that beautiful, beautiful mosaic of who you are. Who am I? I was imagined by divine collaboration. I was brought on the scene by the one who held mountains in his hand and threw stars up in the sky. That's who I am. That's who I am. But you know, he has not left me out in the hall um, with my dumb choices and my lame brain ideas. He hasn't left me there. Um, and these choices and these ideas um, have wickedly wanted to keep me there, to keep me down and to not realize who I really am. My identity for 42 years was my marriage, my mission, and my children. The hubs was the only man I ever loved. I adored him. And he made me feel beautiful. No matter what size I was, and I, I've been all of them. My closet has size five to, you know, up up there. But there wasn't a day that he didn't tell me I was beautiful. Not a day. Usually he wanted me to brush my teeth first, and then he would tell me that. But I did. But he did. Our love held no guilt. If you have ears, hear me. Our love had no guilt. We did the right things at the right time. Do you hear me on that? It had no guilt. Our relationship had no regrets. Well, we had one. We had one regret. We bought a Ford Pinto <laughs> with an exploding gas tank. So, yeah, we did regret that. Um, we built a life of ministry, purpose, and mission. We raised three above-average children. And they did their duty, and they gave us 10 grandchildren. One who I came to college with. Okay. Um, and then Mayo Clinic became part of our identity. The hubs lasted three years from diagnosis, from diagnosis, and I lost him. And I hate saying I lost him because I think I didn't leave him at the mall. You know, <laughs> he left me. He left me at the mall. No. And during those three years, he started preparing me to live without him. One night, in the middle of the night, he sat up straight and he said, have I taught you how to start the snowboard? And I said, oh, honey, don't worry about it. I'm going to Florida. <laughs> 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 it's 
so don't worry about it. My identity for those three years was wrapped up in lament and sorrow. I remember sitting with our oldest son, Nathan, and I was giving God the business. You know, we can give God the business. I was trying to tell him what to do and what I wanted. And he's big enough for that. You know that song, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing I can't do. So he let me give him the business. And I was giving him a business because he hadn't intervened and he hadn't healed the husband. And Nathan said to me, Mom, God didn't save Jesus from the cross. God didn't intervene when Stephen was stoned. So why do you think he's going to intervene now with that? Because this is not our home. It's not our home. And what I told my son then, yeah, I get it but I just don't like being the one left to turn out the light. And that's what I felt like God had done. <clears throat> who am I? I am a widow who lost the hubs too soon. Who am I? I am a woman who lost her ministry because she was a widow and not a widower. The morning the hubs let go of my hand and took God's. We were all there, my family, and I asked them to leave the room for a bit. And I stood over the love of them and I prayed. The first words that came out of my mouth was, thank you. Thank you for giving us this life. We had 42 years, and I am so thankful for that. But the next thing that came out of my mouth was, Father, show me how to love you more. And I said, prayed that selfishly because I knew I was going to be alone. And I'd always had a partner. And if I didn't feel like being a good person that day, he made me better. But now I was going to be on my own. And I need to learn how to love him more with just me. Flash forward nine years. This summer. Yes, this summer. I had lost the hubs. I had lost my mom. I had lost my dad. And I had lost my best friend in the entire world, Judy Truitt. We did everything together. We raised our babies together. We planted the church together. And I was counting on her, counting on her to get me through all this stuff. And then last summer, my oldest friend, we met when we were four in Sunday school, went to high school together, went to college together, went to each other's weddings, blah, 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 blah. Developed pancreatic cancer. And I knew what was coming. 
And so this is like the end of July, first of, I don't know, it's in July. I'm driving down the road and I'm going to see my friend, Katie Johnson. I think she's here somewhere. And we were getting ready for camp, Wisconsin Christian Youth Camp. And I'm driving down the road and I don't want to go to Katie's. I don't want to do anything because by this time I was done. I was just done. And I said, God, here's the deal. I'm sinking, I'm invisible, and you've got to rescue me. You've got to tell me what to do next. Let's give my name the business. I don't need riddles. I don't need parables. I don't need talking donkeys. I don't need dish and bread. I just need you to tell me what to do. And I heard one note. I'm driving down the road. I hear one word. York. And of course, I thought, England? <laughs> no, Nebraska. I'm like, okay. So I go to Katie's, we do our thing, and I go home, and I get my computer out, and I sit in front of it, and I don't open it up because I'm afraid. I'm terrified. Because the God of the universe, the God who made babies and ferns and trees, stopped what he was doing and thumped me on the head and said, York. So I open the computer, I go to York's webpage, I go to employment opportunities, and there it is. Three weeks later, I am on campus with you and my granddaughter. <laughs> and remember the prayer, show me how to love you more. You know what his answer was? Love my people and you'll love me. You are my people. You are why I'm here. There is no other reason why I'm here. I wanted to be in England. I am here to love you. What's your name? Bryce. I'm here to love Bryce. What's your name? Simeon. Simeon. I'm here to love Simeon. Malik, where are you? Where are you, Malik? Is he up here? Where is he? He was here. Malik, you're the man. I'm here to love you. Ryder, are you here? Walker, I'm here to love you. That guy right there, what's your name? What? Garrett, you're the man. I'm here to love you. There is no other reason I'm here but to love you. And that's how God works. That how, that's how he gives us our identity. We listen to him. And if we pray, if you're brave enough to pray this prayer, Father, show me how to love you more. And he'll say, love my people. Love each other. That's your identity. you that we're going to pray. <laughs> Father, thank you. Thank you for this campus. Thank you for these sweet little babies in front of me. Thank you for their smiles. Thank you for their hearts. 
And Father, I ask you to keep showing me how to love you more by loving them more. And Father, teach them the same thing. If they want to love you, they love each other. We love you, Father, and we love your Son. In his name, amen.